1: Happening this week on your favorite soap opera, it's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, and recaps. Now, here's Dan.
2: I know that many of you, in order to listen to this show, you're having to keep it from all those wonderful Thanksgiving leftovers, or the after Thanksgiving shopping deals, or maybe even visiting with that crazy uncle who makes some of those really strange noises. Yeah, I think we all have one of those. So, in the spirit of a holiday, I want to thank you for making time to listen to this each show. Personally, I'm not really a fan of leftovers, even if they are a cheap- juicy. I'm certainly not a big fan of reruns. So, because of that rerunophobia that I call it, I want to make sure that am able to bring each and every week here on 6pm let you know up front, this is not a live show, so I won't be able to take your calls this week. But this is a new show, one that's never before aired on 6 you Live. Know Even the Thanksgiving holiday, the studios are closed, but as soon as I found they would be closed, I began working to make sure that there would still be a new show for you to listen to this week. This also marks the first time I'm to be produced this, producing of for videos, on and episodes from Social Lives. Hopefully, today's show sounds just as good, if not better, than other shows. And if it doesn't, remember to cut me just a little bit of slack after all this. It is the first time I'm doing this. So let's get on with today's show. A few weeks back, I had the opportunity to talk to Victoria Rowell who one of the promotional visits in Philadelphia for her novel, Secrets of a Soap opera diva. If the book title sounds familiar to you, it should, because Victoria appeared on CC July like, back in May when the book was first released. Since then, the Secrets of the celebrity Robert has been flying off the shelves, and the book is now in its second printing. Victoria Rowell is, of course, the one daytime fans for the 15 years she so spent playing just some of our on CBS's top operating so the rest is leaving why in 2017 after he's been very vocal about the show's lack of diverse people on screen and behind the camera. He's also being what's something For how our interview begins. During the book signing, Victoria was telling her parents that sometimes life just happens to take a leap of faith and trust the outcome. And that's not always easy because, as you know, they say, faith is blind. This is a message that really resonated with me. People take these leaps of faith. And how do you know if after taking your leap of faith that it is or was the right thing to do? So here's Victoria's answer in part one of my intimate chat with Victoria Rowell.
3: I think it's something that dictates to you rather than you dictate to the passion. The passion dictates to you what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. That's how salient it is. And um, that has been my experience. And when something wakes you up in the morning and puts you to bed at night and um, permeates your day and your life, um, that is a very strong message that you need to take a serious look at that. Because it's not so much the actual deed of doing that particular thing that you're passionate about doing it's what it's going to do exponentially so that writing the women who raised me has touched millions of people Um, in a variety of ways. I've had all kinds of people give me testimony about how they never talk about their adopted. People don't even know they're adopted, but they stepped up to the table and just allowed themselves to share that information with me. So, when you do what the universe wants you to do, what God wants you to do, um, and what 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 you are about, things happen. And it may be it may be sticky, it may be uncomfortable, it may be prickly for a while because you're you're doing something. Nothing worth doing is easy. No one said it was going to be easy. It's downright. Sometimes it's bloody, but you've got to have that faith to see it to the end.
4: Now, the journey for Secrets of a Diva, it's uh, just about six months since we talked when it was uh, Mm -hmm. released. Can you talk a little bit about the journey from the anticipation of it coming out and then finding out uh, how well it's been received by Mm -hmm. folks?
3: Well, it's been a great journey. It's been a long dream of mine, as you know. I wanted to write for, for certainly the young, and the restless, um, uh, and you know, I, that was declined. Uh, but you think when things are being done to you, they're being done for you. It was an opportunity for me to stretch and find another way um, to write, not, not just tinkering and rewriting lines for years on the show or even writing a proposal storyline i'm talking about really writing the story so it gave me an opportunity to stretch and you have to look at the positive side of things when they don't work out the way you think they should um so i was inspired in that way to finish the story i've been tinkering with this book for years and um i was just really um excited about it um the thing about writing fiction is you can go in any direction you want to go, and you're creating these characters, and it's a lot of fun. And I felt that I would write a story that had to do with the reality of um, disparity, but also triumph, not only in the personal life of our protagonist, um, Calista Jeffries, um, but also in the triumph of a show that's struggling. I wrote the story true to life that Soap opera is dying and struggling to stay alive um and um, i've written a script a theatrical script about it um and i wanted to write about the world behind and off stage um the behind the scenes um and how people work super hard in this medium
4: talking about soap operas being a dying genre or a genre at least that's on life support you've been vocal in offering some ideas about what you think could help, uh, if not turn it around, at least sort of stem that, that tide. Because it's so hard in 140 characters or less to maybe get a complete thought out there, I wanted to give you an opportunity to go beyond the 140 characters and explain a little bit about what what do you think these soaps really need to stay relevant to stay current to stay on the air
3: well soap opera as you know started back in the 30s as radio 15 minute radio spots that help sell typically white housewives in America um, soap mm-hmm. and um, we have come so far from that time of radio um beyond uh, Erna Phillips, beyond, and before Erna, but certainly um, after Erna, and then, of course, um, Agnes Nixon and uh, uh, William J. Bell who Sr., who was my mentor, um, and many other prolific people in daytime television. Um, Daytime has not kept up with the rest of the world. And when you're looking at voyeuristic television, a.k.a. reality TV, you have to ask yourself, why would an audience continue to watch faux reality television, which is what soap operas are? It's a dramatic, you know, uh, depiction of lives that we can imagine somewhere, in this case in Wisconsin. I feel that... One of the ways that daytime might survive this tsunami and this economic downturn is to listen to its audience. The audience tells you exactly what they want to see. The audience loves original characters. The audience doesn't like change. The older the soap opera, the less they're they're apt to embrace. Thousands and thousands of people as I've been on this three and a half year book tour have no idea that I'm not even on the Young and the Restless anymore because they've stopped watching. They stopped watching while I was still on it. They just have left daytime television. They found other TV. They've gone back to work because people have two and three jobs. I believe certainly if I were a producer or if I were a head writer, I would write the truth of what's going on in the world. I would write Victor Newman or a um, Jill um, going into foreclosure, either business or home. I would write uh, people really struggling, Lauren Fenmore's business. I mean, really write the reality of what people are struggling with. So Americans say, hey, that's my life. Uh, One of these characters has to take a second job. But that soap opera, the writers are not or they're being prevented from because they're great writers, but it starts at the leadership. And I believe if Maria Bell um, w- would widen that table and allow other people to sit at it, we might see um, an opportunity. I know it's a collective. I know it's not just Maria. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Barbara Bloom and the senior VP of daytime television, etc. It's Sony. But collectively, if everyone could get out of their white castles mm-hmm. It's hard to think that way when you're living so well and when you have a stable job, it's easy not to think about people that actually keep you on the air that actually do have two jobs um, or have family that watches the show. Now let's face it. The majority audience is African American. And then that number disproportionately are older black single women. Now, why isn't that story somewhere on the show? Where is where is Aunt Mamie? Where is that woman that describes that particular demographic? So first of all, they've got to get the storyline back, the Winters-Barber storyline back, because that represents the lion's share of their audience. Mm-hmm. And then they have to address the reality of what's going on in this country and what people want to see. It can't all be fantasy.
4: There's a school of thought that people watch soap so they can
3: escape, escape
4: the fact huh. that maybe they are late on their mortgage payment. Yes. So is that sort of a dangerous way to go?
3: No, because we've come so far from that. We live in a very transparent world now. We are living in reality television. People want to see people just short of being in the bathroom. They want to know everything. They want to know what's going on. They want transparency. And I think that Gone are the days of just bubbles and feathers and oh and oh and looking through the screen door at all these idyllic lives. They're having some tragedy. No. I think you keep those elements, of course, but you also intersperse it. And I think that's what made the audience fall in love with Drusilla Winters because she was always pulling up the bootstraps. Either she was helping a homeless kid, she was having her own strife, she was dealing with her own issues. Um, there was always a relationship with her mother that was very real in terms of their um, angst. And I, I People need to see something in storytelling that is relatable. I'm not saying it's the whole landscape, but give them what they're clamoring for as well i believe the balance is lost Mm -hmm. i think there's not enough ballast in the young and the restless ship right now and they have all the cards in their hand there's a i think a level of ego involved um but i would hope That the leadership would see the full benefit of being complicit in bringing together a cast uh, of characters that the audience would like to see in in totality.
1: Hey, Soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, Soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews or share your thoughts with Soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend,
5: Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific time. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com.
1: You are tuned in today with Soap Central Live, starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want a dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at soapcentral.com. Now, back to our stories.
4: there are some viewers who don't understand what it's like to watch television and not see someone who they can relate to. They can always tune in and see a blue eyed blonde. What do you say to them to, to help them understand, you know, it's not like that for everybody and, and sort of get that message to them where it might be lost.
3: I understand. I understand, um, the audience that's been corn-fed and brought up on um, the idea that that is the idyllic world um, and that it should stay intact, with the exception of a peripheral character named Mamie, who is a servant, ultimately. That is one school of thought. Um, But... We have evolved, and that's fine if you're number 10 in the ratings. It's not even fine then, but let's just say, if you're going to be number 10 and, 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 and you are not the standard, you are not the standard for excellence, okay, let that lie, and hopefully they'll sort that out. But if you're number one anything, And in this case, The Young and the Restless is the number one daytime drama in the United States of America for, I want to say, 18 years contiguously. I want to say licensed to over 100 countries, including on the continent of Africa. It becomes more than this. It becomes more than blonde and blue. It becomes more than middle America. It becomes a responsibility to show the true landscape of what America looks like, Uh, especially when almost overwhelmingly half of your audience is African American, and they've asked for it. It would be one thing if it weren't requested, but it's been requested over and over and over again, and that that voice is ignored brings up a lot of concern around, well, if a brown person sells soap during the commercial breaks, floor soap, and that's good enough, how is it? that you wouldn't take a brown person and put them in front of the lens and behind the lens Mm -hmm. in a position of real power. I mean, this is a big, big question um, that is very, very, um, again, salient and of interest to ask oneself, you know, the psychology behind that. So, back to the viewers, it is living in a bubble to suggest that there are only six or four or two black people living in Madison, Wisconsin. It's just not a reality. Um, and I would hope that the audience would want the full bloom of what a society really looks like.
4: Following your Twitters and reading on message boards, there seem to be two schools of thought to what you're saying. So I'd like to focus on each of them. The first are from fans who want you back on the show and are saying, you know, girl, hush. If you keep talking, they're never going to ask you back. That's the first. And the second are for folks who maybe don't get it and just see you as the angry black woman.
3: <laughs> okay. Medea. Okay. okay.
4: Without the, without the humor, perhaps. Right. Uh,
3: well, I'll answer to both. Um, First of all, this is not new for me. I've always, I emerged from child welfare, um, 18 years. I emerged uh, not as a victim, but as an activist. Um, This has nothing to do specifically, I mean, one should not flatter oneself um, uh, to think that this is all about the young and the restless. This is about equality. Um, This is about justice. And this is about um, fair play. Whether I was in the ballet world, whether I was um, uh, writing or acting or in primetime, daytime or film, it's always been about fairness. Um, And there are anecdotal stories everywhere I've worked, whether it was as a secretary in New York City or, you know, there's always room for improvement. So this is not new. You know, this isn't specific to Young and the Restless. There's always room for improvement. And so while I was on the show, one of the first things I did was ask Bill Bell Sr., Bill, why is she illiterate? Why does this black character come on illiterate? We had a conversation about it, okay? So this was from the get-go. In terms of a black hairstylist, it was always a concern of mine that I had to get my hair pre-done if I wanted it different from what it could but it did naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, when, I, when I came back um, from taking a three-year hiatus, and I was working on diagnosis of murder, and I saw nothing had changed. I rolled up my sleeves, and I got very, very busy. was concerned prior to, obviously, was doing what I could around story, certainly ballet, storyline, etc. But when I came back from that hiatus and I I had said to Christoph, I said, nothing's changed. Nothing happened in the three years that I was gone. So um, for me, people are going to say what they're going to say. Um, It's well documented um, how active I was behind the lens, not only in hair and makeup, but in wardrobe, closing the disparity everywhere, dressing rooms. I had to wait 10 years for a dressing room, and I still didn't get the dressing room um, um, uh, addressed. I was still in the same dressing room that I was, and finally just, when Heather Tom left the show, I just took her dressing room. But there there were things that were going on that I felt were more like pushback than anything else to suggest that I, I shouldn't work on the diversity piece, that I should just be quiet about it, and I never was. Um, I know that I was systematically left off of the Emmy ballot um, for many years, and um, I know that that was part of, of the, um, the pushback, um, but I'm not led by trophies. I'm led by change. Um, so that's my answer to that. Um, if, you, if you back away from something, you can't bring about effective change. You don't walk away from something. People ask me, well, why, people ask me while I was on the show, why would I want to stay in such an environment? Why would you want to go back? I mean, this happened the last three years when I, when I came back. Mm -hmm. I said, first of all, I love my job. I love the character. I love the fans. I love the actual work. I don't like the politics and I don't like the kind of condescension, um, that, I have to endure from certain people on that show that I believe admire what they're not. Um, now you're the, you had another question about the second part of that. Oh, it's just um, angry black woman. Um, no, um, it, it has to do with bringing about effective and, um, permanent change and that never comes easy you Mm -hmm. always come out scratched in a battle like this Um, it's impossible to walk through this and not get called some names um to be pushed around to be spat at to be mocked all of which has happened to me in this in this process and In a way, it would be easier, and this is what we're seeing right now, it's easier for producers to just not bring back Victoria Rowell to play Trusilla because it's going to dredge up the reality of what's going on and what the past is. And that's a shame because this should be talked out. This should be addressed. This should not be a situation where people are burying their heads in the sand. We really should be talking this out. It will totally enhance the Shao, to diversify it, and also to massage what the reticence is about. So this is about just keeping a dialogue alive. It has nothing to do with the other thing.
1: Soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, Soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews, or share your thoughts with Soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend,
5: I'm Shannon Brown with FedEx. We've been working together with the March of Dimes for stronger, healthier babies for many years. Did you know in America, one in eight babies is born too soon? Those who survive their early birth can suffer serious and sometimes lifelong health problems. Some babies never come home. Help bring more babies home healthy. Join me and the March of Dimes in fighting premature birth. Go to MarchofDimes.com.
6: The Interstate Sportsman Talk radio show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice America Network with hunting and fishing info news. Talking about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and getting more from your recreation time. Join hosts Brock Ray and Don Kirk Friday mornings at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 Eastern, for the Interstate
5: Sportsman on the Voice America channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
4: If it weren't for your, your relationship with Bill Bell, do you think you would care as much about the young and the restless? Well,
3: that's an interesting question. Well, I care about where I work. Hands down. So I have to say independently um, anything that I care to sink 17 years of my life into is that stands on its own. But I do have a special, special place in my heart and soul for Bill Bell. And He and I had a unique relationship in that he knew I really cared about the show. And I don't think that Bill Bell, by accident, said, no, Vicki's going to do the choreography. Vicki's selecting the music. Vicki's helping to cast this. There's... You can't call it an accident that we, we were able to spend time with each other in each other's homes. Um and his wife, Lee, um, that he embraced the work I did offstage, um, that his sister was out of the foster care system, and that he shared that with me and he supported my work. That's not an accident. And I think I think it's not a fantasy to believe that had Bill lived, that he's a person I could have gone to to say, I'd like to grow with the company. Mm-hmm. That was my vision, to grow with the company. Um, so...
4: Do you think in all of this it gets lost that you really care?
3: Yeah. I mean, it was that was part of the dilemma on the show. It's no different being off the show. First of all, I would say 99% of the actors on the show had no idea what I was doing before going before the camera.
4: By choice or just the way that it worked out?
3: The way that it worked out. Like I was trying to get jobs for foster youth with human resources at CBS. Um, someone made a joke, "Vicky, you're the only actor in the building that knows where HR is in the building." Um, that when I approached a senior actor and I said, "Well, the reason why I'm campaigning for the black cast to get on the cover of Soap Opera Digest is because it's never been done before with any black cast in all of television, daytime drama television," and the actor said. I hadn't noticed. Um, I went to Madison Avenue on that. I did a scientific study and presented to Billy Bell Jr. and the rest of the executives and they finally looked at it and said we have to do something about this. Um, But no one notices because it's so institutionalized that this is the way it goes. I constantly talked about the need to diversify for the covers, um, and no one had thought to do that. PR had never even thought to do that. When I approached wardrobe and I said, you've got actresses and actors I'm working against, not against, but toe-to-toe with, but you have me in a different caliber of wardrobe most of the time. Um, This is a detail, but it's an important one. Everything has to be equal. And that I was campaigning for black hair and makeup was a whole other challenge that I got half done. But I had to impress upon the producers that it's not fair for your black cast to come to work and not have anyone to do their hair and makeup. And this only came about when Tanya Lee Williams just took off her wig one day and just went natural. And the producers had a bloody fit and came to me, Vicki, what can we do? I said, what you can do is hire an African-American hairstylist. And so they finally did it. But out of sheer terror about how they thought the audience would perceive Tiny Lee Williams' natural hair. Um, So all this would be going on and so much more. But imagine all of this going on, sometimes simultaneously and studying the lines and delivering a performance. So I think a lot of it is lost in translation. And I'm sure I had my bad days, too. But I had a lot on my plate every day.
4: I think it's also important that in speaking of this and in speaking of diversification, you aren't speaking specifically about African American. No. You're including everyone else as well.
3: Everyone else as well. Um, We've had tremendous... Um, well, there's been an overarching concern. Like, what happened to the Vietnamese storyline? Um, what's Miguel... Do people have concerns about Miguel being the butler? Um, there there are overarching concerns. There was a gay storyline that happened after I left, mm-hmm. but there were concerns how that was left open-ended, that it wasn't approached properly, and... Um, and so, again, this is not only in front of the lens. I want to believe that there's room for everybody behind the lens as well. Um, Native Americans have have asked on Twitter. You, I mean, you've seen the tweets. Like, what about everybody? And um, we, we've had absolute delicious um, Latino content. Where did it go? So I think, I know, we've had rich ethnic characters, um, we've had rich storytelling around sexual preference, um, and it dissipates. I know as a creative person, um, I would plug into so, so much of that richness and I think it could make a significant difference. I think people are afraid. Sometimes people are simply afraid and some people don't know how to be creative.
4: obviously you do Uh, you've shared a memoir you seem to put yourself out on on Twitter to explain what you're thinking who is the Victoria Rowell that people don't know? (laughs) Well
3: I I mean I I would simply say that the Victoria Rowell that people don't know because I am a person who takes on a challenge and um, I am a leader and because I've had to be, in my own life. But what they might not know is that there's a lot of sorrow attached to what I perceive as just complete unwillingness to share. I, there's such sorrow um, that I experience around lack of good nature. There are people that are extraordinary, like Eric Braden. He's one of my favorites. So he really cares, and he likes to have fun, and it's about doing the work and go home. There are a, a few people like that that I've experienced and had the pleasure of working with. But it is agony. Agony. Having to deal with people that have it all wrong, that don't want to play in the sandbox, that want to keep their thumb on your neck, their foot, or not thumb, but their foot on your neck at all costs, for fear that, of what? You can't have what I have. So that is agonizing, to a degree. I mean, I don't let that paralyze me, obviously, but... That's something that I, you know, something has to be, that has to be put in its own place. But that's, it's difficult. That's a reality.
4: I love having the opportunity to actually face to face rather than on the phone or <laughs> three minutes on the red carpet. And I know that you are crazy booked with all kinds of stuff today. Uh, so I want to thank you for taking some time out. I really
6: appreciate
7: it. It has been my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.
6: It's not the end of this week's show, everybody.
7: So stay tuned for more of Soap Central Live
1: after this Hey, Soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, Soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the Daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow.
5: stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com
1: you are tuned in today with soap central live starring dan j kroll do you have a question a comment or you just want to dish Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at soapcentral.com. Now, back to our stories.
6: Welcome back, everybody, to our special After Thanksgiving edition of Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll. And, you know, I really had a great chat with Victoria Rowell. And there are a couple of things that really stood out for me in the interview, and let's see if they were the same moments that stuck out for you. The first was Victoria's reaction when I asked her who the Victoria Rowell is that fans don't know. What you can not see during an interview on the radio are someone's facial reactions, and she seemed legitimately surprised by the question, and she seemed a little bit emotional, so I really enjoyed that answer. You know, so many times we think that we know who the celebrities are because we see them five times a week every week of every year on our favorite soap. But that's not necessarily who the people are. You have to remember someone who hops in and out of bed on your favorite soap. It's not what they do, well, hopefully in the real world. So to see her try to explain that, you know, she's just a regular person, just like you, just like me, who has concerns, who has well, things that they'd like to see changed, things that they'd like to see made for the better. I mean, who among us doesn't have something that we wish could be slightly different to make things better for ourselves, our family, our loved ones, and other people? The other highlight for me was Victoria's answer to my question about whether or not the fact that she and Bill Bell had such a close relationship, if that in any way influences her responses and her comments to the things that she sees going on on The Young and the Restless. Certainly, it's a lot easier to give a damn when there's something about whatever it is you're giving a damn about that means something to you. I know for me, I really care about the soaps, and I know that so many of you do as well, and sometimes we get a little passionate, and sometimes we get a little heated, but it's only because we care about what it is that we're expressing our opinions about. So I do encourage everyone to get passionate about their favorite soaps, but I also want everyone to remember that there are other people out there with feelings, there are other people out there who have maybe... Different opinions than us, and we have to respect those. There's no reason not to, and especially at this time of the year when so many of us are taking time to be thankful for all of our blessings in life. I know that I'm thankful for all of you who continue to support this show, who continue to support me, and who continue to support the SoapCentral.com website. More importantly, for all of us out there who continue to support the soap opera genre, there are so many talented people in front of the camera, and behind the camera. And I think it's important that we take some time out to remember how much joy these shows bring us, how many hours of entertainment they brought to us over however many years we've been watching. And just remember that we need to continue to support these programs. There's only six soaps left, and we need to make sure that these soaps continue for many, many, many years to come. Speaking of what's to come, next week... I'll be back with a brand new live edition of Soap Central Live, and we'll be talking a little bit about the survival of the soap opera genre. Author Sam Ford will be my guest, and she will be bringing some special guests to the home, including Tristan Rogers, who of course played Robert Scorpio on ABC General Hospital, and she will be appearing as Colin on The Young and the Restless. So we'll have a little bit of scholars' input on what we can do to save the soaps. We'll have some reactions from someone who's been on the soaps of what we can do to support the soaps. And I hope that you'll enjoy that show. So stay tuned for that next week. But for now, I'm Dan Kroll signing off on another edition of Soap Central.
5: Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel.
0: Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Hey, soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than soapcentral.com. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow.
5: surprise
2: you.